This is uh, Bill Beekman, uh, MSU Vice President and Athletic Director, joined by our President Sam Stanley, and our uh, guest today is Damon Rensing, our head uh, men's varsity soccer coach. So men's soccer at Michigan State has been extraordinarily successful over the years. What's the magic? How do you? Uh, how, how have you been so successful? I think there's been a few things, but obviously we've got a very good tradition. So the program started in 1956, so it's over 60 years old. In the mid to late 60s, we were national champions, both in 67 and 68. That goalie on that team happened to be Joe Baum, uh, who later was the head coach for, for 32 years. I played for him and then um, was his assistant for 10 years and then took over as head coach. So over the last... I think 42 years, 43 years, we've only had two head coaches. So I think stability, people who understand uh, Michigan State soccer, we're very connected with the alums. Uh, and then also uh, soccer in this country, especially in the state of Michigan, has really grown and has grown. And uh, we've um, been able to uh, pull in a lot of talented players from the state of Michigan along with the Midwest. And that combination has really been successful. I had a chance this weekend to spend some time with John McLean, um, who was a, was a major part of the program during those times, and uh, his enthusiasm for, for that program and for the coach and for all the experiences he had as a student athlete in MSU is extraordinary, and he's remained engaged um, since with the university since that time, so it was really fun to spend a couple hours with him and hear a lot about his experience as MSU, and that soccer program was a huge part of it. That's great to hear. One of the cool cool things that I learned as a young assistant for Joe, who was there for so long, I would see all these alums that have come back and talked about how great their experiences were. And sometimes their records were 5 and 10. It wasn't necessarily and uh, the way they were connected. And, and I said to myself, you know, when I take over here, if I'm around, I have to, I have to keep this. I got to try to be competitive, but I can't lose this connectivity with the alums. And they've really made it special. So, in uh, you know, we, we live in a northern climate. You know, we're in 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 January, February, March. Much of the year, it's it's pretty cold. Does that impact the quality of soccer in the state of Michigan? Are are the recruits that you pull out of our our home state? Uh, you know, as is is the 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 recruiting terrain here as rich as it would be in a southern state, or is there not much difference? How does that how does that work? I would say, give or take on a given year, that Michigan is a top eight to fifteen state in the country. So when they're really strong cycles, they're one of the top. Certainly with the populations and weathers of a California, a Texas, just a New York, based on just sheer numbers. Um, but what's really changed and developed over the last. 10 to 15 years is these indoor facilities that uh, these uh, the clubs and, and people are building. It's full-size indoor soccer. So now, you know, if you live in Michigan, you can train year-round. I mean, I think that's also been a huge success to our program. I mean, just Coach D'Antonio and the football program at, and having that Duffy Doherty building where we train in the winter four nights a week is is invaluable. So to have those resources, and that's what's also trickled out to the, the kids in Michigan. So talk about our facilities a little bit uh, I think we we believe we've got pretty solid facilities, but what how how is that how is that helpful to your program? It's great, and that's along with that recruiting thing. What's happened now is with some of the success of our program. I think maybe fifteen twenty years ago, somebody look at a southern school or an ACC or a top ten school and say, "Hey, you know, Michigan State's a nice place, but you know, you don't have this, you don't have a, a nice soccer facility, and your program's just okay." But as we've really developed and 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 
been kind of a top 10, top 15 program, the kids in Michigan have said, you know, I don't need to go 500 miles away. I've got a place 70 miles away that I can come that has an awesome facility. DeMartin Stadium was built in 2008. It seats 2,500. Uh, great grass. Obviously, our turf grass management uh, resources here are unbelievable. Um, our indoor uh, football facility where we train year-round. Now we've redone Jenison where they've got a nutrition center. They've got a lounge for the student-athletes, offices um, for the coaches, locker rooms, and it's been it's been really great. The other thing that's really convenient for our our student athletes is Jenison's. It's all it's on campus, so nobody leaves campus, and it's kind of a one stop shop. I mean, our athletic training, our weight room, um, our, our uh, we have a classroom for video. The practice and game fields are fifty yards outside, so they literally come here. They can get everything done and then and then go. So we're very fortunate with the facilities that we have here for Michigan State men's and women's soccer. I've always thought that was one of the uh, one of the key aspects of MSU athletics that's that's very uh, very valuable for us as an institution is how tight our footprint is. The students can live in South Complex and Case Wonders Wilson, uh, the the Duffy Doherty practice facility right across the street, the uh, you know Jenison a short walk away, the track, the stadium, Mun, you know, Breslin, all those facilities really within a very short walk, and uh, and that's you know, that's beneficial to to almost all of our student-athletes, including our soccer players. So one of the things that's, um, to me, most interesting about soccer that many people might not appreciate is the, uh, the, the growth of professional soccer. And that's impacted your program because you've been blessed to recruit a number of very strong uh, student-athletes um, that have gone on to play professional soccer and have been drafted uh, very, very high in the draft. How does that, uh, how does that impact the program? I assume it's it's positive on the one hand because that that speaks to the strength of the program, but then you might lose people prematurely, and that's there's always a balance there. There is, and and certainly, um, it's been great. It's been great for the growth of soccer. I think it shows the youth players that there's there's an opportunity to play. Um, fortunately, I think still. If you compare it to, say, the NBA or the NFL, or even Major League Baseball, uh, the 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 win the financial windfall isn't quite isn't quite there. So kids aren't leaving after their first or second year. Usually, if they do leave, it's after a junior year. Um, I think the minimum salary is around sixty five seventy thousand dollars. Which, if you're twenty four years old and you can play professional soccer and make that, that's not bad. But I always stress that. You know, we have a couple of guys. One of our players, Fatai Alashe, has played for four or five years, but he got a degree in economics here. He was a 3.3 uh, GPA, and I'll I'll argue with anybody that whenever he finishes playing, that he'll make probably 10 to 20 times amount uh, with his Michigan State economics degree from age 30, 32 to to whenever he stops working than than he will in Major League Soccer. But it has been a great growth. It brings great exposure, and I think it it motivates the players to try to be the best that they can be. And certainly that's one of the things that we sell at Michigan State. We have the resources both academically and from an athletic standpoint that you can be the best possible student and soccer player that you can be provided you meet us halfway. You have to come in and give us the effort and and and, and, and push yourself. But if you do that, you can you can get a degree in any major that Michigan State puts out. You can be very successful and you can also be a very good soccer player. Soccer continues to, at least as far as I can tell, 
take off in the U.S. and particularly in, in the youth sports um, area. And all of my kids played soccer as kids. They all really enjoyed it. But on the international level, that talent hasn't necessarily translated to, you know, a, a great U.S. Um, uh, men's team. Um, our women's team obviously is spectacular. And, and my son had a classmate actually, Becky Sauerbrunn, who's on the women's team, who's an outstanding player. Why haven't we seen so much growth in, in the men's team, do you think, in terms of, of world soccer? I think it's all relative. I think we've certainly really grown a lot. Unfortunately, when we started, a lot further behind the Italys, the Brazils, the Germanys, um, the Spains, they're also growing. So, you know, we would almost have to grow at an exponential rate compared to what they are, and that makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, I think one of our great resources is, is our country, but it also can be a little bit of a, an obstacle because it's so big. So identifying the right players to be our best 17, 18 players in our country, whether it's at U17, U20, or the World Cup level, becomes more difficult, and they're playing in different climates and just trying to mix all the different uh, nationalities and styles of play can be can be daunting um, a little bit. And I think the other p- thing that makes it a little bit difficult is in our domestic league, they play to win, and their their goal is to win championships. And if they can bring in a Brazilian player, that takes maybe the opportunity of a young American player um, that can come into play too. How much do you do you do any international recruiting at all? Uh, here and there, we just had a young man that that came uh, from Denmark. Um, you know, I do, and if someone comes across our plate, certainly we, we do. A lot of the international players require uh, large scholarships, um, and we only have 10. That's the, the NCAA allotment out of 26. So finding the right match there. And also I, I just feel it, at, at a school like Michigan State where we can recruit uh, the best talent in Michigan and across the Midwest and the, and the country, um, if I can give those opportunities and we can be successful, um, i like to provide that to those kids. You talked about uh, style of play a little bit in, in talking about the the U.S. team. Is there a style of play that 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 you you coach that Michigan State is known for compared to your Big Ten peers, or 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 are there different? I mean, when I just by way of example, when you think about football, you think about the West Coast and the Pac-12 as being more of a pass-oriented game. You think of the Big Ten as being more of a sort of run it right down the middle oriented game. Does that hold true in soccer? Are there different styles of play that you see regionally across the country or that you might find more of in the Big Ten? I think uh, there is. I think uh, Big Ten soccer is a little bit more industrious, so maybe not quite to the the, the ground and pound that you would say in, in for Big Ten football, but I think defense is definitely more of a priority um, in the Big Ten. And so, um, But there's different ways to, to achieve that and um, – Conference obviously has very good athletes. It's competitive. Sometimes I think it gets a little bit of a knock because we are one of the most talented conferences, probably us in the ACC. But we just have a little bit more of an emphasis on on defending. So, what about uh, uh, this coming year? You're in, in soccer. You you have some activity in the fall, but then you get you get active again in the spring. So it's one of those sports that kind of you know, takes a break over the holidays and and kind of is in two parts. You know, as you as you get geared up for your spring season, what are what are you excited about? Are there any uh, any players you're you're uniquely excited to see take the field? Well, I really enjoy this time of year because the wins don't really count or the losses. So, what we really try to focus on is the individual and individual development this time of year. And our thought is, if we can improve every individual ten, twenty, thirty, fifty percent, 
Then we come back as a collective group in August, which is when you really focus on the team. Um, we, we would be that much better. But yeah, we've got some some young guys. One of them is our, our All-American uh, two years ago, Giuseppe Baroni, who was out this fall with an injury returns. So just to have, have him back would be great. We've got... Uh, uh, Michael Miller, who's going to be a senior uh, midfielder, who, who's very good. Local, two local guys, Jack Beck from DeWitt and Farai Mutatu from Hazlitt, who are going to be juniors, and they're starting to come into to leadership roles. So it's always neat not just to have a Michigan kid, but kids that are actually right from this this community. And then certainly our goalkeeper, Hunter Morris, has got one year under his belt, and we think his potential is is through the roof. You've had tremendous success in, in getting to the Elite Eight. We had a... Uh... Uh, a, a final four run, and uh, uh, you know, last year was a bit of a struggle. You had two players that were competitive for what in soccer would be the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy, and they played something like two games all season okay. due to injury. So hopefully we'll be uh, we'll be back and loaded and healthy this year. That's the goal. Good. Well, th- thank you very much. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Damon Rensing, head coach for um, Michigan State men's soccer program, has joined us today. And we really appreciate you joining the program. Thanks for having me. Go green. Go Go white. white.